All right, man. So I got the I got the run. I actually wrote an open. I wrote a close. I think uh, I think we're good to go. I think we're good to go. Once you finish your shot. <laughs> I'm in. All right, man. Here I usually go. do this while you're doing your open. Oh, I see how it is. Yeah, you get to do all the drinking no, while I do no, all the I, talking. I, yeah, I know you're. I know when you're triggered, when you're hit someone. All right, I can do it now, and I can swallow and get back to. Hey, hey, it's me. It's RBD. As long as you know when to swallow, Rick. That's what's important. <laughs> What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media. On this week's episode, we're talking about some New Japan, NXT, WWE, Bullet Club, and the NFL? But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks, shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo in New York. They call me El Capitan. I'm joined as always alongside the Osprey to my skirl, RBV, Huckleberry number one. Rick, welcome to the first true edition of your show for 2018. You know what? I'm not even going to open up with my traditional, it's me, it's me, it's RBV. Because you know what? One of my uh, resolutions this year is to be more humble and fitting into our show. Because you know what? It used to be about trying to get us over. Brother, I gotta say, I think we're over, man. You people are taking to us. Yeah, you know, just when people started to like us a little bit, you know, the the calendar changes and we decide let's tweak the format to our show. You know, let, let, let's let's just do something a little bit different. So what we're gonna do, our our New Year's resolution for 2018, we're gonna try really hard to talk more New Japan, more Ring of Honor, just wrestling outside of the WWE when it comes to 2018. Of course, the pro wrestling world is still a buzz from New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom as well as New Year's Dash. In fact, as we speak right now, I'm watching the replay on Access TV, looking forward to hearing good old JR call some of these matches. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's head to Tokyo, Japan for the opening segment. We'll cue the coin drop for William. Fans are buzzing after Wrestle Kingdom 12. The time is to strike. I, I asked you a question the other day that you found incredibly interesting. From a business standpoint, what would you consider a success for Wrestle Kingdom 12? Well, I think the way you pose it to me was, was could they consider this a success? Yeah. Uh, it, and is sitting back, right when you pose it to me, you know, the iron is hot. The time to strike is now. But when I go back to my own personal experiences, I... Uh, I I'll even give you an an absolute reference. Um, five years ago, Babes Cafe, we, we are a great little bar. We are rocking and rolling. Uh, we we were raising thousands upon thousands of dollars for breast cancer. And we, we, went, we came out, and we thought it was our home run. It was like our Wrestle Kingdom. It was our WrestleMania. Babes for boobs. We blew it out of water. We 
kind of parlayed that into the next day, like our dash or our day after all. Two days later, our staff was a little burned out. And we also pissed off some bigger competitors in our area. And they laid the hammer down on us. Yeah, that's kind. Well, and that would basically be the equivalent of Vince coming in and being like, hey, Kenny Omega, here's $5 million. That's what I'm saying here. You know, everyone thinks the, you know, every, you know, the sky's the limit. You really have to step back. And one, the beautiful thing about our show, everything we do here, is, even, even if it's here in the Hitting Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast or in a locker room with me and you, you know, on Mondays, we always come at it from a our profession angle. And I think that's what I think that's what our listeners appreciate about this. So I want everyone out there listening to really think about, you know, this, is the sky really the limit? Think about times that your company just maybe hit a ceiling. And I, rem- I, I remember that hard, hard. Dude, it, it hurt on Tuesday when we realized another company came in and just fucking smashed us. Well, and I kind of felt like it was a kick in the balls today when I actually saw these numbers. Because, you know, it's like when you think about WWE and we talk about, you know, 650,000 people shut off Raw this week. You know, and then you look at New Japan numbers and they're just like a portion of that 650,000. And you really realize how small this company is relative to WWE. And it's the same thing with Ring of Honor. It's the same thing with Impact. It's definitely the same thing when you get into like your PWGs, AAWs, your your, your larger indie promotions. New Japan subscriptions went up 20,000. They went from 70,000 to 90,000 for Wrestle Kingdom. And, and that's that a sounds, great that number. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah, but, but in when a you. Scene, Jargo, is that really that. Right. Is it really as significant as we had kind of hoped that it was going to be? Now, granted, it's a fifth of their audience, you know, and when you look at it that way, yeah, you can consider it a success, but 20,000. I like you were kind of hoping that maybe there would be another zero on the end of that, you know, that, and I feel you 100% there. So is, I think we're, how can they go forward here? I mean, the iron is hot. You know, there is people looking for it. How well, I they mean, they are expanding. I mean, they went up 20,000 subscriptions, which is great. They went up 10,000 people live paid attendance inside of the Tokyo dome. That's great. All right, so as a marketer from you, someone that loves loves this company, how do you strike guys like me and say, hey, hang on? Well, I think the biggest thing is one of the problems that I have with New Japan as a diehard New Japan fan, I realize that we do not have another decent-sized New Japan show for at least two weeks. And it's these periods in between where there's just nothing going on. I think that really, really hurts the product. At least when you're talking WWE, Ring of Honor, they have a weekly product that we can talk about. I think one of the biggest things is getting some kind of a show on Access TV that's not on a three-month delay. You know, they're they're, they're, they're just now showing, like, you know, King of Pro Wrestling stuff that happened in October. that, That has to be a killer. It's a kick right square in the balls. It's great hearing JR call it, but I want to hear JR call it much more like they are with Wrestle Kingdom, which aired on Thursday, and now we're seeing it on Saturday. 
Okay, so uh, maybe like better use of social media? Social media, I think, is absolutely part of it. But I think they need a bigger American distribution deal. I think the other thing is they need somebody, whether it's Mark Cuban, somebody at Ashai TV, whatever it is, to make a true English interface for New Japan World. Because that website still isn't nearly as easy to maneuver as it should be. Well, I'll even tell you. You know, I dropped WWE this week. I dropped my WWE description. Dropped, picked up uh, New Japan World. A lot of the stuff I was looking at, I don't understand. Right. Because the English translation is terrible. There's not a good search engine inside of the website. I think they just need to clean it up. They need to get their social media presence, their television presence, their online presence in line with their in-ring work rate. And I think part of that is, much like we talk about with Ring of Honor, Sinclair has to invest money into the Ring of Honor product. Ashai TV needs to invest some actual production value into something other than the in-ring product at this point for the Western audience. So you, you, don't, you can't stooge anything off. But do you ever see any inner workings where Ring of Honor is a commitment in your company? Sinclair has basically no commitment to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has their budget and they function as basically an independent property that is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. Every year, Joe Coff asks for more money, and every year Sinclair says, "Yeah, we'll give you a little bit more, but all right, don't all right, don't so, get your panties all in a so bunch." Just, just for our listeners and me and you, just poking balls at each other. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you send a like a letter and become the Eric Bischoff? <laughs> of this company. I, uh, I, I, dude, come on, Jerry. You could be the Eric Bischoff of this company. I, uh, I have absolute faith in Jokoff. Um, although I will say, I still think that the best move for Ring of Honor is to sell to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sinclair is absolutely not opposed to selling Ring of Honor. And if, New Japan really wants to expand into this territory. That's the way to do it. Well, I, I think that I think that's where we're kind of going. I don't have to run in front of me. Uh, I'm kind of shooting at the hip. I I kind of know because I wrote it. But we're talking about things going forward. Could you imagine a Bullet Club promotion? Well, see, and again, the problem there becomes Ring of Honor. New Japan already has that working relationship with Ring of Honor. Uh, the Bucks have an exclusive deal with Ring of Honor. I don't know how long that deal goes, but Cody has the same kind of deal. They are under contract with Ring of Honor. They're not starting their own promotion anytime soon. They can only appear on TV for Ring of Honor in the United States. Now, granted, I think this 10,000-seat show, number one, I think it's all bullshit, and I think it's all a work. But if this happens, I expect that it's going to be largely in part thanks to Ring of Honor. I expect the Ring of Honor ring set up, their Titan Tron set up, just like New Japan used when they came to Long Beach. I I, I love that man. Like when you think about that, you know, I always thought I always thought like New Japan would be a part of those guys coming in, use that as their invasion. And do it, do it in Chicago. Like we just inserted ourselves into the really the heart of America. 
Yeah. And I know, and I know you and I will be there. Yeah. Well, it's, I was talking to Jersey Mike earlier today, and he was going off about AJ Lee and the Women's Royal Rumble, and I was like, there's a 0% chance that happens. However, there is a much better chance that you end up with like AJ Lee versus Emma on the undercard of that 10,000-seat show. That I could see happening. I, I, don't, I don't even ever see her wrestling. They'd probably just make an appearance just to sell the show tickets. Yeah. Just, just for, uh, uh, you know... People listening to us, to listening to us, you look like a Sith right now. You got your, I've got my Sith hoodie on. You got your Sith hoodie on. You're trying to do all that stuff in and a Patriots start, jersey. I'm definitely down with the Empire. Today. I, I, I know you drive me crazy. You know, and, and on the flip side, those that can't see me, you know, I'm just trying to do like my Jericho hair, looking more like Dean Ambrose, a two-armed Dean Ambrose. We're, we're, we're going to get to some, some Star Wars and some Ambrose talk yeah, here I, I, in just I a little bit. Because I was throwing fake punches at uh, uh, <laughs> Gill. Let's get back to New Japan. There is one thing that we did want to wrap up here. Uh, we already did the Wrestle Kingdom post show. You can go back and find that on the feed. Um, but we did have New Year's Dash afterwards. There's a couple of big angles coming out of this. Uh, number one, we're having some issues inside of the Bullet Club. It seems uh, Cody and uh, Kenny and Kota Ibushi have themselves a nice, happy little love triangle. Somebody's getting thrown out of the Bullet Club. I think it goes even deeper than that, right? There's there's dissension in all the ranks. All of them. There's like three different tiers of the Bullet Club right now. All right, but here's, here's what I really want to ask you. And, you know... Our fans, our, our listeners, our, our great friends, the circles we run in, I want to ask you something because you know it. If someone leaves the club, does it ruin them? Don't they need it? At this point, it's a very interesting situation that they find themselves in because like, if Cody were to leave the Bullet Club, I think that absolutely damages Cody's brand. Even as a Cody fan, I think you would agree with that at this point. See, I'm worried about that. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily hurts Kenny nearly as much as it well, would hurt Cody. I, I, I'm worried if anyone loses it. You know, in just, uh, just, a, just a small spot here, I want to put something over. I get to see Jarko talking. Dude, this guy has the most beautiful microphone in the fucking world. <laughs> Yeah, Dude, I got I a new it. microphone. I love it, man. He got it for Christmas. He he got it. He it was it arrived a little late, right? Yeah, it was a little bit uh, later getting here than it should have been, but that's because I have a security door and FedEx doesn't know how it works. No, I I just love it, dude. I mean, it it literally looks like uh, if you're a Star Wars nerd, a Finn Balor nerd, just like Jargo, yeah, you guys appreciate this thing. To me, it just looks like a big old blue dildo, and then I still think it's awesome. <laughs> It does kind of look like a blue dildo. That would be one loose bitch, though, because that's a really big microphone. Um, Carly, Carly's not complaining. <laughs> no, no, she's not, and she doesn't need a dildo either. Um, Ayo! <laughs> it, it is an interesting question, though. I, I think like I think the best business actually would be to be to see the OG. Bullet Club, which would be like Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, Bad Luck Fale, 
all go up to Kenny, the Bucks, Cody, Marty, and basically the cast of being the elite and be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. We we're don't tired. want any of your shit. We're I don't tired. want your shit. Don't want your, your shit. Right. We're going to do what we do and beat people up. And then you see the elite go off and do their thing. And you see Cody do his thing. I think the elite would be fine. I think the bullet club would be fine. I think that really damages Cody though. Well, I was going to ask you here. Like the person I think that needs it the most is Cody. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he has actually set out and he's done things, but he needs that bullet club moniker. Well, and here's the other question when it comes to Cody, because I think we all feel like it's a matter of time, right? He's going back to the WWE at some point. It's a matter of time. I, you know what, brother? I, I, I don't know at this point. I think he might have grander plans. I think they... Somewhere in me, I, I think Jericho's got something going and Cody's a part of it. Oh, well, we'll, we'll talk some alpha entertainment here in a minute. Uh, then you also had Kenny Omega basically inviting Jay White to join the Bullet Club. Jay White refuses said invitation. You're going to end up with Kenny Omega versus Jay White for the U.S. title going forward. Talk about attaching a rocket to a kid, man. His first match is against Tanahashi for the Intercontinental title, and his second match is Kenny Omega for the U.S. title. New Japan obviously believes in Jay White. Then the other big angle, Chris Jericho does it again after telling everybody that at Wrestle Kingdom, at the press conference, the hell with Japan. I'm sick of you people. I'm going back to the United States and you'll never see me in Japan again. And then he shows up at New Year's Dash and beats the ever-loving piss out of Tetsuya Naito. How beautiful was that? It was fantastic. And I knew it was coming. Because I knew Jericho was confirmed for New Year's Dash. That was already out in the media. And they're getting ready to sign off. And I'm going, where the hell is Jericho? Where the hell is Jericho? Well, even sure the enough, came here out, he comes. He meant like a rabbit asshole. Like, yeah. You know what? They don't want me here. I'm going to show you what's up. And I even loved how NATO was up there. You know, like he, he gave a speech. He had his moment. Man, I, I wanted this. I failed. And then, boom, you get a Jericho. Yep. So now, once again, Chris Jericho in a New Japan ring. This obviously was not a one-off. We're going to get Naito versus Jericho at some point. I don't know if that's going to be at New Beginning in Sapporo or if they're going to drag that out until March. Could you imagine if we get that in Long Beach? If we get Jericho versus Naito. Well, yeah, like like you said, you lay you laid out a couple main events that would have been completely amazing. And actually, more props to you. Uh, uh, anyone out there? Well, you probably should have heard it. No, my boy, my boy, Charger, crying. He's actually told you a lot of stuff that's going to happen. I was a day off on a lot of it. I was a day off on a lot of it. You were close. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see the, the chaos rising and uh, the the LIJ show being New Year's Dash. I thought it was going to be the other way around. But Also coming out of New Year's Dash, it looks like we have a bit of the card going forward um, for what I assume will be Sapporo. Uh, Rapungi 3K versus the Young Bucks, absolutely no surprises there. Uh, Jay White versus Kenny Omega, as we just mentioned. 
Um, it looks like we're going to get Cody and Abushi again, which I'm absolutely not opposed to because that was the best match that I've ever seen Cody Rhodes have. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, a bald-ass Minoru Suzuki, who is somehow more terrifying than he was with hair, is going to be taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi for the Intercontinental title. It looks like we're going to get Evil versus Goto for the Never Openweight title. Uh, Bushi versus Ghetto, which intrigues me greatly. Uh, Sonata versus Okada. It looks like uh, they're going to take Billy Ray Valentine and Nate Track Brown's advice and actually tie a rocket to Sonata. And then Jericho versus Naito. Any of those matches like really grab you and make you think, ooh, I got to see that? Uh, you, know, you know, going forward, going forward, this entire... This entire pro, uh, I guess I'm just intrigued here, man. Leave me, leave me ahead. You know, I, I, you know, come going forward. I guess we're we have promised to do segments where I ask you questions. What should I, what should I be looking at? Well, the program I am most interested in is Hiromu versus Will Ospreay. Of course, Will Will Ospreay being the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. I really thought Hiromu was coming out of Wrestle Kingdom with that title. Osprey has never defended that title. And I'm pretty sure Hiromu's going to convince Osprey that he's a cat. I can't believe that that's a real thing, but Hiromu is trying to convince Osprey he's a cat. Okay, we are, we are going to revisit that uh, <laughs> probably next week on the show. You're going to have to give everyone the details on this because even believe me, man, I'm sitting here looking at you. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm like, what the fuck? Will Ospreay always lands on his feet. He must be a cat. I I understand. You've been saying this for freaking months, but we're going to have to explain it to people. You're going to have to lay it out and, and bring it to life for individuals. So speaking of Bullet Club, Stevie Richards on the uh, locker room the other day had a great idea about Bullet Club starting their own promotion. Um, Alpha Omega Pro Wrestling. How high is high? Vince buying into Alpha Entertainment. So what? I, I guess my question here, do we think that Vince is looking at starting another wrestling promotion with Alpha Entertainment? Or is Vince trying to do something completely different so he can get the fuck out of the wrestling business? I, I want to throw it back to you because you, you are all over this pulse. I, I've got a take on this thing, but I want to hear yours first. I think... There is a real possibility that Vince McMahon would look at selling WWE. I think that is a real possibility. I think when Vince saw UFC sold for $4 billion, I think it's a real possibility that with the way this business is evolving, with the way television is evolving, with television being such a big part. Oh, we all feel. With television being such a big part of their business and television slowly dying, much like the music industry did about a decade ago, it would not surprise me to see Vince McMahon in the next five years or so make a move to actually legitimately sell WWE, put all that money into this alpha entertainment, and maybe Vince is trying to put together a ownership group with like a, I don't know, Chris Jericho the Alpha, a Dick Ebersol, and make a play at purchasing the Carolina Panthers or purchasing another professional sports team, something that's a bit more legit, 
something that's going to garner more respect for Vince McMahon. Because at this point, he's got all the money, but he's never had that mainstream success that he has always craved so very much. I think you kind of ripped on it pretty perfectly there, brother. You know, I've, I'm just looking at his. Damn, I think you said it perfectly. I, I'm almost lost for words here. You know, he's got options on the table. And Vince is always a, a, a true shark. You see the show, The Shark Tank? Vince oh, yeah. should be one of the sharks. Yeah. I would love to see him on there. But there's one thing Vince doesn't have, and that is people's respect. They still look at him as, oh, that's that wrestling guy. That's the guy who almost went to jail for steroids. No, and you're you're hitting the mark. He's looking for that ultimate respect, that anchor where he's accepted in there. I think he would, at this point in his life, he would dump off WWE. Uh, the best buyer, I believe, is Disney. Yep. Unfortunately. Yep. I would agree. Well, they, they've done wonders with your favorite franchises. But anyway, and then he could reinvest somewhere else. Yeah. Like a true professional sports team. Or, you know, I hear they're looking for Hollywood producers. I, I think when he dies, he you're right. Uh, he doesn't when he dies, he doesn't want WWE to be his legacy. He wants to sit somewhere and say, all right, I built that. That's gone. Get rid of that. Yes, I'm the Panthers owner. I own a hockey team. I, Whatever. Well, I mean, don't you think that was the original purpose of the XFL? You know, like, I think that was Vince's true effort to break into mainstream culture. Instead of just being that B-list guy on the outs. I think that's what Vince craves more than anything. So what do you, you know, we, we could probably do an sh- entire show on this. We, we could probably bring like a, a Ben, a Shark Boy, anything like that. You know, we always talk about the business of the business. We, we talk about things that hit home to us. And we're sitting here talking about Vince. And when I really think about this, how would you want to survive here? What would you do? I mean, you you want to be seen on another level, but you know. How do you get I, there? Right. And, you know, I've been in businesses where, yeah, we're just a dive bar. And the owners come to me. I'm, I'm a manager promoter on this. And I say, oh, elevate us. And the hardest thing you, the hardest thing you have to do is look yourself in the face and say, no, this is what we are. I don't see Vince playing out the last quarter of his life as second fiddle to his wife. Because at this point, that's pretty much where he's at. And he has to watch his P's and Q's because of where she's at. And I think Vince would feel much more comfortable owning a true professional sports team at this point. You know, when you throw everything in there, though, I mean, the, the whole McMahon brand, we always talk about this. Does it solidify them more if they get away from professional wrestling? I mean, does he want more for Stephanie and Shane and the grandkids? Does he want more for his own goddamn ego? 
does he want or just live up to what the freak his wife's doing? Who did Vince buy the company from? Capital. Oh, he bought the company from his dad. No, he bought it from Capital. That's a misconception. His dad was bought out by Capital. If Vince is going to sell, who's to say that he wouldn't sell it to Hunter and Stephanie or Shane? Well, on this, no, no, no. Maybe he just wants it to die with him. That's possible, too. That's possible, too. I don't great know. It's interesting. Great, great, great conversations for later. You know, just jump into things, man. It, you know, there's, and we'll probably bring on somebody uh, more insightful for this. But Well, let's stay in the NFL a little bit. You've got on the run sheet here. John Gruden signs on as the Raiders head coach. Ten years, $100 million, part ownership of the fucking Raiders. Why in the hell are we talking about this on a wrestling show? Because it moves numbers. It it moves people. We're talking about free agents. We're talking about companies moving. Yeah. How are we talking? How are we not talking? About I think this all plays in also to the Vince McMahon deal. I, I never thought that John Gruden would come back to coaching, considering what ESPN is paying that guy to literally work like one day a week, 17 weeks a year. Yeah, but you give him 100 mil for ownership? And all of a sudden, well, he's been offered that before and turned it down because it's so much more work. He's never been offered 100 mil. But you know what it and, is? And ownership. He was on his way out at ESPN anyway. ESPN has been cutting contracts, cutting talent left and fucking right because business is in the toilet when it comes to the TV industry. ESPN is struggling. They're owned by freaking Disney. Gruden's getting out while the getting is good. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. <laughs> and he got, he got. Man, I love you. I love, I love that you bring that up because you're an insider. Not man, not an insider. You just had that perspective, dude. That's a great freaking perspective. Dude, the ESPN's been cutting contracts left and right. Gruden's just getting out before he gets out because he's worth more if he walks away now than if they cut him. Wow. That's what it is. He's been offered the same deal before with the Raiders. You know, it was all in place when they hired Jack Del Rio. Gruden was calling around the league, hiring assistants. Everybody thought it was going to happen. And then Gruden pulled the plug, re-signed with ESPN, $6.5 million a year, one day a week for 17 weeks. Versus being a football coach. Yeah, I know which one I'd take too. All right, I think we're talking about signings. Yeah, we've, we, we've got a few signings here uh, that we do know. We know that Ricochet has signed with the WWE. We know War Machine has signed with the WWE. We know that James Storm is now a free agent. His last match aired on Impact this past Thursday. So who else do you see coming in? Well, are, Do you think they're going to bring James Storm in? I would. I'd bring him in and send him directly to SmackDown to feud with Bobby Roode if it was me. 
Uh, you know what? I, I know you and you and Ben and Stevie are all over that. Let them feud with Bobby Roode. I would reunite Beer Bunny. I'm all right with that too. Either put them together or have them fight each other because you know it's like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. That seems like the only good thing that they can uh, do. You know, actually, I would probably play it out where they they're against each other, and then have them join together. At some no, point. no, 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 no. I'm actually done on Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn could just get off my radar. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Storm and Rude. Yeah, no, no. I want them to be together and then take on Zayn and uh, Zayn and Owens. Gale. Yes, that'd be a fantastic match. I'd love to see that. Hey, you gotta do main events. That'd be a great main event. Yeah, that would be a great main event. And I think it'd be good for all four talents because Bobby Roode just kind of feels like he is stuck in the middle of the card. He's the new Dolph Ziggler. You've always said that. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you called that from day one. I wouldn't give you props. You always called he's going to be the new Dolph Ziggler. Yep, he's the baby-faced Dolph Ziggler. That's so at this, at this point, why don't you rejuvenate your tag division? Yeah. SmackDown could have a really good tag division if they'd let him go. All, all around. All the way around. Bring beer money, uh, the Revival, The Bar. Authors of Pain. God, you know what? I saw something about Authors of Pain the other day. Blew my fucking mind, man. Those guys are 23 and 24. You talk about monsters for the next 15 fucking years. Man. What a find by WWE. I remember when I first saw those guys and I was like, man, they are green as shit. Good God, at 23 and 24, they should be green as shit. And boy, have they come a long way. I am ready for them to just go wreak havoc. They better keep them crisp. Yeah, yeah. And I think Ellering is a nice touch, too. That helps. Um, what about Ricochet? Do you send him to NXT or do you send him directly to 205 Live? So you want to kill him? Well, I mean, he's going to be dead anyway. No, he goes. He goes to NXT. NXT, uh, and, and that's probably his ceiling. What about War Machine? We have three different brands. We can separate people. Big bearded guys. That's that's their role in NXT forever. What do you think? And, and uh, I'm kind of split here. What do you think? I love War Machine. I just don't know how they translate to WWE style. You know, because I don't, I just, I mean, they already have Killian Dane. They already have Harper and Rowan. They already have the Wyatts. Like, you're it's right. just, you know, meh. You're right. If, if they just showed up, just them start destroying people before we know the Bludgeon. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, Dude, the Bludgeon Brothers amazing. thing was just. It would have been amazing. Yeah. And now they even ruined it with the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. The Bludgeons are they're done. They're not over. They're jokes. Yep. They're uh I don't know, what's uh like like hammer brothers. <laughs> they're terrible. I'm surprised Hunter lets them do that. Walking around with sledgehammers, isn't that his gimmick? Who who the f No, he probably wants it to. Because he knows they look like jokes. He's like, yeah, I'm still the best guy <laughs> over with a fucking sledgehammer. God, the sledgehammer's more over than the Bludgeon Brothers. Could you imagine going to work and your boss upstairs is like, well, that's my gimmick. 
<laughs> and he fucks you every time you turn around. Oh. Isn't that what he does? You know, I love my boss. I, I, I would love to see my boss work my schedule, though. I would love to see Greg work 11 to 7. I would love to right. see that. Is It's crazy when... Hunter is trying to fuck... Hunter is buried. Yeah. I hate saying this. I hate using that word. All right, he's fucking people. Golden shovel. I don't well, want to use it. I don't want to use it, but he is fucking people. Well, speaking of people that are fucked, let's uh let's talk about Finn Balor for a second. Finn Balor getting back together with uh Gallows and Anderson. There's about a hundred different ways that I could have wrote this and had it be, you know, pretty good. Uh they chose the one that absolutely fucking sucks by turning Gallows and Anderson babyface and sticking them with happy, cheery-eyed Finn Balor. I would much rather would have seen uh, evil Finn Balor join up with badass Gallows and Anderson, but instead we're going to get a comedy act. So congratulations, we have the Bullet Club back together, and they're a fucking joke. Yay, WWE. Fantastic. Rick, anything you want to say about this bullshit? What really kills me about this is people that just say, well, at least we got it. I mean, I'm a Finn Balor fan. I love fucking Prince Devitt. I love Jar- Machine Gun. Jargo, Jar- steal my gimmick. Uh, it, my mind. it is the lowest of all common denominator bookings. By far. This is fucking terrible. I mean, they, they took that sweet-ass picture, right? Where Finn's standing there with the, with the black leather jacket, Gallows and Anderson holding up the two suites, looking like badasses. And Gallows has, like, a half-fucking-smirk on his face, and they're both wearing their nerd shirts. Like, they couldn't even put them in fucking Balor Club shirts for this goddamn and, picture. And then, and then they even dropped the nerd line. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it just fucking baffles me, man. And then I hear that they canceled the first 205 Live show. Whoever would have guessed that, that 205 Live isn't selling any fucking tickets. I know. Let's put Finn Balor on the fucking show. Just leave his goddamn contract the way it is. If you're going to do 205 Live house shows, Jesus fucking Christ. What is wrong with you people? I knew you were going to leave off that 205. I left it off because I didn't want you to get hot. But Uh. you're already hot. I mean, who would have guessed that they couldn't sell tickets for 205 Live? Whoever would have guessed that people don't want to pay to see Cedric Alexander versus Enzo and Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt on a 205 Live show? I mean, Jesus Christ. Bray Wyatt's nowhere near 205 pounds. Well, we, we and now they got gold. gold Dust wrestling in the Cruiserweight division. <laughs> When's the last time Gold Dust was 205 pounds? When he was in high school? You know, you know the problem there? Goldust is probably the, the home run on that show. Yeah, how fucking sad is that? I would pay to see Goldust before I would pay to see anybody else on that goddamn show. Because that's how bad that fucking show is. That's why I don't even watch it. Good God. What else do we got on here? Um, oh, since we were talking about Disney buying the WWE, and I'm rocking the Sith hoodie, wearing the Empire jersey, Rick... Did you even know that you have been watching a Star Wars story on WWE TV? You know, it, it troubles me because I don't like Star Wars. Well, you're fucking stupid, number one. 
Number two. Damn, that's harsh. That's how I feel about anybody. That's like, I don't like Star Wars. Well, you know what? You're just, you're fucking stupid. You're wrong. I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. You're wrong on this one. But WWE. That was really harsh. <laughs> I'm so mean. I'll edit that part out. I don't want to hear anybody no, no, hear no, me laughing about let that. Let go, you little dick. And I'll even tell you why you, I'll let you go. I'll even tell you why you Star Wars nerds are wrong. Well, I think we got the uh, numbers to the movie franchises. I think we can prove our our case here. Oh, all right. So a bunch of uh, uh, dick jerkers just buy tickets. So you're, you're right. We're two guys on a pro wrestling podcast, and you want to talk to me about fucking nerds? Come on, man. But uh, no, check this out, right? You can recast Star Wars with the WWE roster right now. All right, so playing the first big badass, you've got Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is going to be Darth Maul in this movie. If you see the first movie, Darth Maul is the big badass in the movie, right? All right, all right. What's the what's the first movie? Can we talk about the real Star Wars, like the ones from the seventies? That doesn't translate do. for what I'm going for, but we'll get there. We'll all get right, there. Hey, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. I'll we'll shut get up. there. Okay. So you start off with Darth Maul a.k.a. Samoa Joe, right? And you have the lead Jedi. That's going to be played by Dean Ambrose. He's now Qui-Gon Jinn, right? Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon Jinn, takes him out. Boom, he's off the show. So Qui-Gon Jinn has an apprentice. His name's Obi-Wan Kenobi. You might have heard of that guy. He's in fucking movies that you want to talk about. Obi-Wan Kenobi has to take on an apprentice, now played by Jason Jordan. Obi-Wan Kenobi... Seth Rollins, the apprentice that he never wanted, the whiny, crying little bitch, Anakin Skywalker. There's only one thing. Anakin Skywalker grows up to be Darth fucking Vader. Spoiler alert. Jason Jordan is going to become Darth Vader. He's going to be the biggest heel in the fucking galaxy, dude. That's where this story is going. You're giving that much credit. That's the story they're telling. They're going to turn Jason Jordan into Darth Vader. While you process all that, we'll be right back.
Alright, so let's jump into the WWE matches of the week. I guess there were WWE matches this week. Roman versus Samoa Joe. That was on Monday Night Raw. 20 some odd minutes. God, I've watched so much wrestling this week. I can barely remember this match. But you know, the one thing know, I do I remember. Cut, I don't want to cut you off, man. Going back, it wasn't that bad of a match. But now after everything you've seen this week. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, that, that inevitably becomes the problem. after every, every time I watch a big New Japan show, watching WWE for like the next three weeks is just fucking torture. Well, every, every time I, I even watch WWE and the next day I watch Dr. Phil, I'm like, man, that was a terrible match. <laughs> Roman versus Joe, I thought it was a great match. My only disappointment was the finish because you had Roman pin Samoa Joe for the first time in a singles match in a throwaway match on Monday Night Raw while everybody was watching the college football playoff. Well, even during that, it was supposed to be a no DQ. And he's obviously pushing the ref the whole time. Right. Why wasn't he DQ'd? And, no, it even brought it up. Even the announcers brought I'm like, oh, thankful they're letting, they're letting him go. The better what business, the, the better business would have simply been had Joe pummel fucking Roman Reigns and get DQ'd, setting up a no-DQ match at the Royal Rumble. Right? Too much sense. Or even even on that, uh, the ref gets mad at Joe, and Joe beats everyone up. Yeah. Why not? Why not? But instead, you give away Roman pinning Joe during the college football playoff. Really? Decent match, but terrible. Then we had the SmackDown Live Tag Team Championship. You voted that as the SmackDown tag or the match of the week. Um, I'm not sure that there was really a match of the week on SmackDown. I mean, really, the only other one that you could consider would be AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. Well, you know, another thing here. Who the fuck decided? When did Webb start coming out and helping people? When did, when did the WWE become under review? That's right. That was this match. This was the instant replay match. What the fuck? Why would you use that when you never use it any other time? They never use that. I, I think it goes back to uh, what, what we always hear, you know, like uh, from Mr. Pritchard and all that and people that work there, where they're like, oh, people don't remember. 
You know what? Fuck you. We remember that. That is the biggest joke. Anyone enjoyed that match? You know, I'm just going to come out here and say it. This is. All right, we'll, we'll start something here for 2018. If you enjoyed that match, you're a freaking asshole. Well, and here's the thing, and we, we bitch about it all the time. If they would have put over on commentary that that's not the right Uso, you wouldn't have thought about it nearly as much. When the finish happened, I didn't know that that wasn't the legal guy. Did you know that wasn't the legal guy? I had no fucking idea. I still, to this day, cannot tell the Usos apart. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It was a, it was a tag between um, Chad and Benjamin. Right, but the referee called the tag. The wrong Uso, the illegal Uso, no, is the one no, that got pinned. No. And here's the worst part about it. He's literally like looking at the tags. He called both tags. He marked them both to both yeah. corners. So he obviously saw both tags. Like There is a way to do that angle and have it make sense. That was not the way to do it. I don't there know is, if commentary wasn't no clued sense. in. There is no sense in WWE program where you do not. They, they tried afterwards, but come on, you just don't send a rap out. That's one of those finishes where the commentary has to be in on it at the beginning of it so they can put it over in the fucking commentary. That's just it. That was just poor production as far as I was concerned. Let's move on to the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. Introducing new softer Kleenex tissues. Now in prettier packages. Sometimes a little change can make a big difference. Kleenex. Softer. Prettier. Rick, what the fuck are we doing with the women's division? Why are we doing Asuka versus Alexa Bliss on Monday Night Raw, non-title, with zero advertisement? Can somebody explain to me why this makes any sense on any logical plane of existence? How, how does it sell? I, I don't even know, brother. They're like, why don't you even build this up over a week? Uh, why does Alexa have to be... We, we've had two weeks for her other two opponents, Dana Brooke and uh, Foxy, saying, I know how to take her down. Now your champ is a bitch. See, now, here's the thing. I was not in any way, shape, or form questioning this match. The match itself didn't bother me. I've seen a lot of debate in it on the Hami Media Discussion Group. The entire story of this match was Alexa trying to get the fuck away from Asuka. She's in the ropes. Asuka gets a little bit more offense. She takes a powder. She gets a little bit more offense. She takes another powder, a little bit more offense. She's in the ropes. It was a matter of when's Asuka going to catch her? If they would have stopped it, right at the commercial break and Alexa would have walked over, grabbed her title and been like, you know what? This is non-title. Fuck this. I'm leaving. That would have been in Alexa Bliss's character. Instead, Oscar finally catches her, makes her tap out. She's now lost to Charlotte. She's lost to Oscar. She's the most undeserving champion on the entire fucking roster. You need to get that belt off of her immediately. Put it on Asuka, that way Asuka's not in the fucking rumble, and we can wonder who in the fuck is going to win it. Because either Asuka wins or it sucks. Hard to argue there, you know, but... I guess Absolution, I guess they were out because Paige was out. Yeah, yeah. You know, Paige they, isn't cleared. They could have been a... Com- well, well, she could come out, right? Yeah, she I could come out. She just She's not cleared what? for contact. Why don't they interfere? 
why don't they ruin this thing? Yep. Before before Bush and Oscar ever even make contact, why aren't they ruining this freaking match? Yep. If you go back and watch that match, if right before they went to commercial, Alexa should have just grabbed the belt and fucking left. That should have been the end of the match. Why is Alexa getting in the fucking ring with Oscar to begin with? I actually would have set up way different. I I would I love the setup with with her and Kurt. Like she hasn't earned anything. Leave me alone and have her afraid. I would do a second segment where she's like, you know what? I got her. She's not in my level. Well, I loved that they did the second segment with Naya when she was like, Naya, I need you in my corner. And Naya's like, tough shit. I got to go. And Alexa's like, well, now what the fuck am I going to do? I hate, I hate everything. Well, Rachel, that never parlayed into that match. Nope. None of it did. None of it did. It was just Alexa running away. And, any, and anything with Naya to me is a joke. She's just a, you know, and I would never talk bad about talent, but she's the one. Naya's a freaking terrible, terrible talent. Well, and I guess we can connect the SmackDown Live match into this, too, because none of the other women were on Raw other than to cut a promo letting us know that they're going to be in the Royal Rumble. Guess what? You're all going to be in the fucking Rumble. We already know that. No, it, it all comes up. Let's all hold our hands. We're doing something special again. There's Anyone 19 of you. There's 30 spots. You're all in the fucking Rumble. Every one of you. I don't need a promo every fucking time somebody decides that they want to be in the rumble. Especially from Bailey saying she's going to hug her way all the way to WrestleMania. Who the fuck wrote that? Anyone that believes there's a women's movement, anyone that believes that the WWE even freaking cares about women, you're fooling yourself. And I'm going to come out and say you're a damn fool. Sasha's promo. I'm going to win the Royal Rumble because I'm the legit boss. What the fuck does that have to do with winning the Royal Rumble? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just a way to get a tagline in. Well, no, no. You know, with her and Bailey, thanks for coming. The company used you. You're done. Then on SmackDown, you end up with six women in the ring who are all heels, supposedly fighting each other. Then you have the babyface champion come out, bring out her group of three, She's not even in the fucking Rumble match. Like, shouldn't Charlotte be pissed off about this? Shouldn't Charlotte be like, what am I doing at the Rumble? Am I going to have a match? If I'm not going to have a match, then I want in the Rumble because I want a chance at making history as the first woman to win the Royal Rumble. But no, we're not getting none of that. Hold on, no, no. They're, they're not telling you that. They're not telling you that. None of it. Uh, there, there's nothing to say the champs can't enter. I mean, Charlotte... Actually, I would actually have Charlotte enter and win and combine these titles. Of course you would. Of course you would. All right. You know what? Put the belt on Naomi. Oh, Let God, no. And win. Oh, God, no. You know, I did hear this one. This is a, a, a great theory. You ready for this one? Carmella wins the Royal Rumble. So you have the money in the bank holder. Also as the Rumble winner. So she challenges for the title at WrestleMania, loses, beats down the champion, cashes in the money in the bank. <laughs> All right, hit me hit me with a car. Yeah, right? Just shovel right square between the fucking eyes. Dear God. Uh I, I, I will say the one of the obscure things I really do like 
is you have Eva Marie come out number one, but she never shows up. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Just play the music at number one. Either that or have her or walk anyone. out and just have her walk around the ring the entire time no, the Rumble no, no, match no. is happening. Just, you, know, you just remember when she never showed up? God, just freaking worthless. So let's talk about the top titles. You got the universal title, Brock Lesnar, and the mess that is Braun and Kane. Are you giving Braun or Kane any shot here? You know, you know, going in, I really hoped I could. Uh, both of them. It's a joke. This entire program feels like a joke. Thank, thank you for stealing the words out of my mouth. Uh, even Braun, Braun is become a total joke. I have no respect for him as a threat to Brock Lesnar. He is, I, I respect him, you know, as a competitor on that, but I have, Brock will eat his lunch. Three weeks ago, I went back and checked the audio. It was three weeks ago, I came on this show and said, the people are turning on Braun Strowman. I'm watching Raw this week, and you know what I hear? Let's go Rhino. Let's go Rhino. Not let's go Strowman. The only time that we cheer Strowman is when he's power slamming people to hell. The people are turning on Braun Strowman because you gave them the big show when they wanted The Undertaker. WWE already done. Fucked it up. That's what I was going to say. When, when, did they jump, when did they jump the shark? Oh, when did they jump the shark? I think they jumped the shark when they turned Braun babyface. Because you got to have opponents that you can put him against. And right now you've got Joe. And Joe's busy. Because you you got to have a monster heel in order for Braun to go against him. You're not going to get sympathy on Braun Strowman as a babyface. They never should have turned him baby. The only reason that people cheered Braun Strowman is because he was murdering Roman Reigns. Because we hate Roman Reigns. I think the... No, the problem was when they showed him as a fucking elf. Well, that sure as fuck didn't help anything. That's for goddamn sure. I mean, I mean, really, really, bro. You respect people for a certain level, but you want badasses. You want people you know can, like a Brock Lesnar. When you see this motherfucker dressed as an elf. Yep. Right out the window. It kills it, right? Right out the window. Done. And Kane's not I'm, legit. I'm Kane's been presented as a joke for a decade. But Kane, all of a sudden. Kane, well, you know, even, the, even when they brought him back, now he's cowering and like pet backpedaling. That ain't fucking Kane. Hiding in the shadows. Really? Trying to make yeah. peace with Braun Strowman? Between the two of us, we could take out the beast. Really? You're Kane. You're the devil's favorite demon. Kane should throw a fireball in his fucking face and just destroy him. Then we have the mess that is SmackDown Live and the WWE title picture. AJ Styles officially being tossed into a match against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. This is a handicap match. How does a handicap match work for a singles title? Can somebody explain to me that? I need I need a clarification here. Like, if Owens makes the pin, is he the champion? Or is Owens and Zayn going to share the WWE championship. I, I am hoping, 
uh, they, they kind of work the angle you're talking about here. You know, maybe next week they talk about, hey, we're going to share this. And I hope AJ twists it like, well, Sammy, are you tired of being the bitch boy? And I hope they make this a triple threat. If they don't, it's just a sad, sad state. It, the, the worst part here is you've got this entire show thing is about a 47-year-old man and a guy that can't wrestle anymore. And they're just trying to lump everyone together. Yep, and that's pretty much where we're at. SmackDown is about Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan and fuck everybody else. And you know what the problem there is? Shane and Daniel Bryan don't sell tickets to house shows because they're not fucking on house shows. I just, I don't understand what they're doing with the WWE title. This is supposed to be the most prestigious championship in all of professional wrestling. And they've demeaned it so far down the card that the show is about 50 year old Shane McMahon. I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. It's very confusing. In the McMahon's mind, they think they're still sellers. And they are absolutely not. We were tired of Stephanie. We're tired of Shane. And if this doesn't lead to Brian back in the ring, who the fuck cares? That's the only good payoff to this entire thing. Well, you know, he he came out, right, and said, uh, if I'm not in the ring by WrestleMania, it's done. And then what? Wrestle Kingdom! No, no, yeah, actually, uh, uh, over on the Friday edition of Locker Room, Steve Richard even throwed out, like, what the fuck you got to prove? Yeah. I think it was Ben. Like, what do you really have to prove? You got to go out there and do, like, a dragon sweeper? or do? What do you really have to prove? <sighs> I don't know. I, it's... I, I know a lot of fans want to see him back there, but what does he really have to fucking prove? Is he going to do anything that... that Sit you in awe. Like you're like, oh, God, Jack. Thankfully, he came back. If Yeselmania never happened, all right? If Yeselmania never would have happened, if the crowd wouldn't have forced their hand with Daniel Bryan, would Daniel Bryan be cleared right now? I know that's Probably. a hard one. No, no, no. Probably so. You think this is still a personal vendetta against Brian? I think there's a whole lot of fucking vendettas in there. Triple H is still making sure he's a badass in this entire company. They, they, he wants you to think every time he comes out of WrestleMania and rides his little motorcycle out with his little skank bitch on the back of it that he's the baddest guy in the fucking town. I'm sorry, Aaron. Big Ray, I'm sorry there. Your little skank, Stephanie. That's what she is. They are hungry. U.S. Championship Tournament continues. We get Xavier Woods defeating Aiden English. I think that was the wrong booking. And now you end up with Woods advancing to face Jinder Mahal. If Jinder Mahal doesn't win, that's the wrong booking. Jinder absolutely should just destroy Xavier Woods. And now we're going to drag this out for another week. He actually should beat him like in moments. Yeah. Just squash him. He Absolutely should just kick squash him. him. Freaking head. 
and beat him. And now we have to wait another week for Mojo and Ryder, and Rude gets the winner of that. Can we just move on to Bobby Rude versus Jinder Mahal? Here, here's the problem with the way this term is like that you're just talking about. They're going to do a, a big comedy gimmick where the Mahal... Who, who's his... Yeah, what's their names? The Singh Brothers. Yeah. All right, so they're going to eat. It's going to be a huge ass pancake spot. Oh. And they're going to draw this out for two weeks. New on, Day you know is really starting to nauseate me. I think I finally caught up to the rest of you. New Day is finally starting to really nauseate me. The ass pancakes is just too much. Why wasn't this tournament taken seriously? Why wasn't it making like a big deal? Uh, you bring up past past winners, uh, the prestige of this. Why don't we have the best, the best in this company competing for this? <laughs> it's funny that you say the best, considering the conversation that we had earlier today regarding AJ Lee. You remember that? Yeah. If we, Dolph Ziggler were to come out. To we were seating people. If, if, if Dolph Ziggler were to come out to Cult of Personality and the best in the world graphic at the Royal Rumble, completely repackaged, cut off hair, rocking the beard, hoodie up over his face, that place would come unglued thinking it was CM Punk only to find out it was Dolph Ziggler. Oh my God, people would shit themselves. Oh, it would be so sweet. So, so sweet. We, we've got it recorded because you heard it here first on the Pro Wrestling. The Hitting the Worst Pro Wrestling Podcast. But... Do, you so care? You... Do you care who wins this fucking tournament? It's a joke. Who do you want to win this tournament? Bobby Roode or Jinder Mahal? I literally don't even fucking care. That's pretty much how I feel about it, too. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Hit us up on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Drop us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show changes, as well as what you want to hear going forward in 2018 out of Huckleberry and I. As always, visit our friends over at TheGorillaPosition.com for all your daily pro wrestling needs. You can typically find Rick and I lurking in the shadows over in the Hameen Media Discussion Group on Facebook. Visit the hacker himself over at hackerhameen.podbean.com. If you haven't already, drop us a subscription wherever you listen to podcasts like these so that you never miss an episode. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how do the stalkers find you? Find me by buy me a bush light. Check it out, bro. Bush light? Bush light? Really? Bush light? Wow. Bush light. Wow. I'm I'm kind of disappointed in you right now. Bush light. God, remind me to never go to Ohio. Dude, I, I drink more whiskey than you can ever imagine. Oh, I know. I watched you drink whiskey this whole episode. So that's going to do it for episode one of 2018. Welcome to the new year. Don't forget to find Rick and I over in the locker room at Hacker Hameen this Monday for all your pro wrestling news. For now, Rick and I are off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Label me. I don't give a f- I'll be your bad guy!
Yeah. Hey. 